It's Friday, July 22nd, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, uh, we are a little bit past the the midway point of the 2022 season. We've uh, we've talked at length about the the Guardians and sort of uh, their top performances and and their surprises and disappointments uh, in the first half of the year. Uh, let's take a, a, a take a step back and, and look maybe in a, a, a sort of a broader picture. Uh, maybe we'll go through some of the uh, awards here for uh, you know contenders for the awards uh, in the American League and the National League and, and just uh, throughout baseball and the, the top performances and and how they relate to uh, to Cleveland and, and the playoffs and and what we expect here in the second half. It sounds good, Joe. Good, uh, what are you thinking about in uh, for the AL MVP? Maybe uh, for the AL MVP, uh, I'm I'm looking at it's uh, it. There was a there was a time when Jose Ramirez was was really sort of pushing and and uh, Aaron Judge it looked like it was going to be a a two horse race but uh, you know the I think the thumb injury really sort of uh, set Jose back a little bit and he fell off the pace uh, Judge just sort of kept powering through uh, but then Shohei Otani also is a a guy who really came on here uh, late in the second half everything that he's doing on the mound and at the plate I think. Uh, both really make him a, a strong contender. I think uh, it, it's between Otani, Judge, and maybe Jordan Alvarez should get some consideration as well uh, with the Astros, the way he's swinging the bat. Uh, my pick right now is, uh, you know, I always go with the winner. I think right now I go with uh, Aaron Judge as as the uh, the front runner in the AL MVP race. Yeah, that's a, that's a good pick. I You know, that's kind of the way I had it to Otani, Judge, uh, uh, and uh Alvarez uh Devers is kind of in there he had a good first half for uh Boston and uh Jose's in there but you know he's gonna have to come on uh you know in the second half to to try and win this award award finally after you know finishing what like second a couple times and third a couple times yeah not completely out of the uh question that Jose would uh could come on late and and make himself a contender again uh, more likely that he might finish outside the top three, though, because uh, it's a crowded field right now. Uh, what do you like in the uh, the National League? Is there a, is there a favorite there, or is there uh, you know there's there's a bunch of different contenders. I'll, I'll throw some names out there, and you pick one. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt, Manny Machado, Nor- Nolan Arenado, uh, even uh, even from a pitching side, Sandy Alcantara. Uh, these are all guys who who can uh, put up some numbers and. Uh, who do you think right now has the best chance? Yeah, I like Goldschmidt I, from St. Louis. The Cardinals are right there in the you know NL Central. They're they're really pushing the Brewers hard, and uh, Goldschmidt is one of the reasons, probably the, the main reason. Uh, don't forget Pete Alonso as an outside uh, you know contender. He's uh, I believe seventy eight RBI still leads all of baseball, uh, and and you know he plays in a, a big market where he gets a lot of. A lot of FaceTime, so uh, this is a guy who could definitely come on late and and surge there at the end. Yeah, you got to love the polar bear. Exactly. I love that nickname anyway. <laughs> he does have a great nickname. Uh, as far as the AL Cy Young Award, uh, Dusty Baker has never heard of Shane McClanahan. That was the uh, that was the the, the big uh, joke at the, the All-Star break is that he had never seen him pitch. Uh, it turned out to not be uh, exactly true, but Shane McClanahan, of the Rays, Justin Verlander of the Astros, Alec Manoa of the Blue Jays, and 
And you've got to give serious consideration to Otani as a as an uh, a Cy Young uh, candidate, even though he's, you know, he doesn't have necessarily the workload that some of these other pitchers have. His his numbers and his performance when he is on the mound are, are just lights out. Yeah, definitely. Those are those are the four guys I had. Uh, McClanahan, 147 strikeouts in 110 and two third innings, Joe, in the first half. That that's dealing. Yeah, that's that's not and, and only 19 walks. That's the thing. Uh, you know, this is a guy who has uh, has good command. He's he's going real well and not surprising that the, the Rays have another uh, serious contender there uh, as far as, you know, who's going to win the award, because right now McClanahan looks like he's, uh, you know, head and shoulders above everybody else. Uh, I I would think that 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 if he stays healthy, he's got it in the bag, but uh, you never know. Uh, it's it, pitching is such a, a fickle sort of thing, and and one of these guys can come on. And I, I just have a feeling that the voters are just dying to give Otani this award. Yeah, well, he, he certainly deserves it, and we're seeing you know a once in a lifetime player, you know, a guy that does it both time, both ways. He's a contender for the MVP. He's a contender for the Cy Young. He could win both of them, Joe. I mean, uh, and he's playing on a terrible team, mm -hmm. you know, a team that, that really, you know, has underperformed has fired their manager and he just keeps out, uh, going out there and uh, putting up big numbers offensively and on the mound. And, you know, you, you that counts for something in, in my book. Right. Uh, in the National League, Sandy Alcantara, Corbin Burns, Max Freed, Tony Gonsolin, Carlos Rodon, all contenders. Uh, who's your pick? Yeah, I, I like Alcantara uh, from the Miami. Uh, you know, 120, you know, 176 ERA. He's already pitched 138 in the third innings. That's crazy. He's and I mean, his guy, I think he's had 13 straight starts where he's pitched seven or more innings. I mean, I, I you know, in the day and age when everyone is, when starters are protected and, and no one lets them go through the lineup, through, you know, more than three times, this guy is, uh, you know, kind of old school. And I just hope they're, they're watching his arm down in, uh, down in Miami. Yeah. Burns, the, the winner last year, uh, Gonsolin, uh, obviously a, a workhorse in, in Los Angeles, both guys who, who should also push and, you know, push to be finalists. Uh, but right now uh, it's a runaway with Sandy Alcantara, I think, uh, for that uh, that award. Uh, getting into the AL Rookie of the Year uh, race, uh, I think over All-Star uh, festivities, we we sort of saw one guy sort of separate himself from everybody else, and that's that's Julio Rodriguez. I think he's the the easy and obvious pick right now. Uh, for uh, AL Rookie of the Year, uh, 53 runs, 16 home runs, 52 RBIs, 21 stolen bases, uh, and he's hitting 275. And this kid is what, 21 years old? Yeah, just, you know, really an exciting player. Kind of took over center stage at the All Star break. He's got a chance to be the first 30 30 rookie since Mike Trout, Joe. So, uh, really a fun guy to watch. And he looks like he's enjoying himself, you know. Yeah, the other the other contenders for that award right now, Jeremy Pena of the Astros, who we saw uh, pretty well uh, when the the Guardians played them in in Texas. Uh, Bobby Witt Jr. of the Royals, who we got real familiar with the first week of the season, uh, you know, and and he's he's had his struggles since then. And and Joe Ryan of the Twins, who uh, you know always seems to you know dominate the Guardians every time he pitches against them. 
yeah, you know, uh, Ryan, uh, you know, Bobby Witt uh, Jr., definitely we saw him, you know, get off to that great start, you know, in the season, you know, opening series. Uh, he, Like you said, Joe, he's had some peaks and valleys. Pena really kind of stepped in, you know, for a Correa after for Houston. I thought he's done a great job, but I – I think uh, you know Rodriguez is a guy. He right now he if this you know the voting was done today he'd probably win the award. Yeah, there's the runaway there. But uh, you know you go back to that first week of the season and Stephen Kwan, uh, you know, put up just as good numbers as uh, as Bobby Witt did, uh, and he's actually you know gone through his struggles and come back and and as is productive now is hitting at the top of the order. Where does uh, where does Stephen Kwan maybe fit in? Does he get a vote? Does he get maybe a down ballot vote from from somebody uh, for the Rookie of the Year award? Well, I certainly think he's deserving, Joe. I, 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 you know, I think this is he's made a case for himself. You know, he's kind of weathered the storm. You know, and that's that storm that really catches most rookies. You know, at some point in their their first season, and you know, you you really get to see a lot. You know, get to see their makeup, get to see their character, on the way they handle it, and. Uh, you know, Quan has has come up, you know, with flying with flying colors in in those categories. So yeah, I think he he deserves some consideration for sure. Yeah, I, I would hope that somebody uh, you know throws him a vote, uh, maybe a third place vote here or there, uh, at some point. And who knows, maybe he'll uh, he'll turn it on in the second half as well, and you know get that on base percentage way up there, and 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 make it a make a stronger case for, uh, you know, maybe being a finalist. Uh, National League Rookie of the Year, probably the the hardest one right now to pick, uh, uh, because because really who's who's out there, uh, you know, performing at a at a high rate for the National League uh, rookies. We've got uh, some of the candidates: Spencer Strider of the Braves, uh, Michael Harris uh, also of the Braves, Brendan Donovan of the Cardinals, Nolan Gorman uh, from the Cardinals, and and Christopher Morrell. Uh, you know, really they're there were uh, a few other rookies that, that sort of maybe got injured or fell off. Uh, say a Suzuki um, from the Cubs uh, really sort of started hot, but uh, you know, suffered an injury and, and hasn't just hasn't played enough games. Uh, anybody uh, you can see coming out of that group or, or just maybe even a, a dark horse or a wild card to, to sort of take the award. Yeah. I'd like to Spencer Strider uh, from Atlanta. Uh, you know, I've seen I've seen him on TV. I haven't seen him, you know, in person, but seen him on TV a few times. He throws he throws hard, Joe. That mm -hmm. guy throws a hundred miles an hour, and uh, it you know hundred hundred ten Ks and seventy in the third innings. Uh, you know, he's that's that's a that's a pretty good arm to bring out bring out of the bullpen as a rookie. You know, in the late innings. Yeah, I I, I would say uh, he's definitely that's sort of like a game changing rookie in, in that regard uh, when he comes out of the bullpen. Uh, also got to think of, uh, you know, a, a lefty like Mackenzie Gore uh, from the, the Padres. He's a, you know, a very high draft pick uh, sort of the, the guy that they've sort of been waiting to, to bring out and, and see if he, you know, catches fire. Maybe Mackenzie Gore uh, comes on in the second half and, and, you know, makes, <laughs> Make some noise and 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 wins the award that way, uh, just to keep an eye out for him. Uh, all right, we you mentioned uh, you know Los Angeles. Uh, there have been a couple of managerial uh, moves and firings. The one move that didn't happen, uh, you know, Tony Larusa hasn't been fired in Chicago. I, I guess he's still hanging on there. But 
as far as AL manager of the year right now at the break, uh, hard to ignore Aaron Boone and what he's doing. Yeah, Joe. And, you know, everyone point will point to, well, he should be the manager of the year candidate because he's got the best team. You know, they've, they've got a huge payroll. They play, they play in New York. But, you know, as as we saw, you know, during the 90s when with Mike Hargrove, when he had, you know, the, those great uh, Cleveland teams, when you get that many great players together, there's a lot of different personalities. There's a lot of different egos. And it's the manager's job maybe not so much on X's and O's on, you know, during the game, but to keep peace in the, uh, in, in, in the clubhouse, uh, Grover was great at that. And I think, uh, you know, Boone deserves some credit for that because, you know, that can't, you know, when you got all those guys, those multi-million dollar players in one locker room, you know, for 162 games, you know, things, things aren't always, uh, you know, peaches and cream. Right. Uh, Dusty Baker, another guy who, you know, obviously I think every year is going to get consideration just with the job that he does. Uh, Brandon Hyde with the Orioles. Uh, this is the hottest team in baseball heading into the break with the, you know, their their, their long winning streak and sort of turning things around uh, and, and becoming contenders on, on, on a team with, you know, no names and nobody knows who's even on the club. Uh, Brandon Hyde doing a great job there. And then at some point, you got to consider what Terry Francona has been able to do with this Guardians club that has the uh, uh, an average age younger than most AAA clubs, and he's got them, you know, a winning record, contending in their division, uh, you know, hoping for a playoff spot, and uh, a lot is going to be determined by this road trip coming up. But uh, does Terry Francona maybe get some down ballot consideration as a, a manager of the year candidate? I certainly, yeah, I think so, Joe. Definitely. Uh, you know, like you said, the youth, you know, it's, it's great to watch young players play. It's not so great if you're the manager sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think, uh, you know, he's shown a great deal of patience. You know, this is like a new territory for him too. You know, he's, a, he's had, you know, winning teams. He's had but mostly, you know, veteran teams or you know, at least a sprinkling of veterans and, uh, we, we, they really don't have that. Uh, the Guardians don't have that this year. And uh, but uh, you know, Francona has been there every day, and that's a key. I think he's he's been healthy. He's been able to be in the dugout every day, and I think uh, you know that only helps this ball club. Uh, as far as the National League Manager of the Year, I think Buck Showalter has has done a really good job uh, with the Mets. Again, it's another case of you know he's he's given uh, a. a an, an enormous amount of uh, uh, talent to deal with and, and manage uh, makes a manager's job a lot easier. But, uh, you know, like you said, he's in New York. He's got to deal with the personalities. He's got to deal with uh, everything that comes with it. Uh, Buck Showalter, the veteran, uh, has been able to do that uh, really successfully for the Mets this year. Uh, but in the second half, I mean, You've got a guy like even uh, in his own division, Rob Thompson, uh, the the interim manager in Philadelphia, took over for Joe Girardi after he was fired, uh, you know, and really turned that club around and, and got them going in the right direction. Uh, so there, you know, Dave Robertson in L.A., Bob Melvin with the, the Padres, uh, Craig Council obviously just does a great job every year in in Milwaukee. Uh the the NL manager of the year race will probably be be decided in the second half of the season. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, to me right now, Showalter is the guy 
you know, we haven't seen uh, Francisco Lindor on the back pages of any of the uh, New York tabloids giving a thumb down to the booing, the booing fans, the booing Mets fans. You know, I think uh, Showalter brought street cred. He brought, you know, tranquility and he brought, you know, some uh, some experience and, and uh, he just calmed that team down and they're playing well. I think, uh, and that's, you know, I think they needed a guy like that, and he certainly filled the bill. All right. All right, that wraps up the uh, the major awards for the, uh, you know, first half of the season, who the front runners are and who we think uh, can, can come through and, and win them. Uh, let's take a look really quickly at what's coming up for the Guardians as they open with uh, a, a pretty significant road trip here. This is, uh, you know, what the next week or so or 10 days they're they're going to determine a lot of what the second half of the season is going to look like yeah this is this is a heck of a way to open coming out of the break you've got four against the white Sox, what or who are a game behind you and three three out of the al central Mm -hmm. then you go to boston you you know you got swept by they got swept by boston earlier in the season in a three-game series then you go to to tampa bay where they're two and twelve in the last two years they played the Rays, so this is a tough, tough trip, and it's going to be a real test, Joe. Um, you know, I was looking at uh, this, the whole the, the entire second half for the Guardians. You know, they go they go into the break what forty six and forty four did a nice job. You know, mm-hmm. two two games out behind the Twins, I think they're two and a half out of the last wild card spot, but it they sixty five percent of their remaining games are going to be against teams with winning records or 500 records. So, you know, that's, that's not a, that's going to be a tough road. Yeah. And, and they do get to come back to some, uh, you know, they get Arizona uh, before Houston in a, in a homestand here. Uh, They, they go on the road to Detroit and Toronto. So they get, you know, Detroit before they, they have to go to Toronto. So you know, there's there's the possibility for some success before they have to play some of these teams with the the more difficult records. Uh, but then you look at a, a long road trip to San Diego and Seattle, and that's always just a brutal travel uh, trip. And, uh, you know, you've got uh, Seattle coming back uh, with a series of Baltimore, and those are two hot teams uh, to, to sort of end August and, and open up September at home. Uh, against two of right now the the hotter clubs in the American League, uh, the the remaining schedule in September you're going to see Kansas City a lot in September. Uh, one more trip there, uh, a trip to Minnesota, back to back weekends. You get the Twins, uh, and then you know everything closes up. You get the home final home stand is three against the Rays, and then what six against the 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 Royals to, to yeah, end yeah. it. Yeah, I mean. So, if you break it down, they've got 34 games left against the AL Central, and they've done. You know, I think that's going to be where the, the the you know they decide their fate. They're 23 and 19 in the AL Central right now. They've always played well in their division, and that's going to be really a key for them, Joe. Right. That's that that will be huge. Uh, they they need to win uh, a significant portion of those games uh, against the AL Central, and it all starts uh, tonight in Chicago with Cal Quantrill on the mound. Uh, another uh, tall test. Uh, I believe Dylan Cease is the uh, the White Sox pitcher, and, and you know they've not had a lot of success against him when he's going well. So, uh, 
Hoinsey, we will uh, be back on Monday to talk about the big weekend against the White Sox uh, here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Good deal, Joe.